Good morning, family. How y'all doing this morning? I want to welcome you all to our service. I want to welcome everybody in the room and online. This is BT Church, and we're so glad that you used a portion of your weekend uh, to worship with us. I am Nick, and I have the awesome honor and privilege to share with you this morning from God's Word. So BT family in the room, let's give our online family some love. Welcome. This is your first time here. You are very important to us. You're our VIP. And if you could text the word BTVIP to 97,000, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Somebody from our staff will reach out to you uh, and connect with you, pray with you, answer any questions about our church uh, that you may have. Y'all ready for church? Man, y'all was singing. I love it. I I love it. Y'all was singing. I love it. We are continuing our prayer sermon series as uh, our church is in a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I'm just going to get free and be real. This work, this first week of prayer and fasting kicked my butt. Anybody else in here? You can be honest. It's just me? Okay. Okay. It's just me. Wow. Well... I thank God for uh, our devotional, though. Our devotional uh, really served to encourage uh, me. If you would like to get that prayer devotional, uh, you can download our BT app, and uh, it is online as well. Uh, Y'all ready for the word? Yes. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. And while you're turning there, we, we love being a church that celebrates. We practice a culture of celebration. And when you practice celebration, you become good at it. So uh, we want to celebrate the fact that 16 souls uh, this weekend trusted Jesus Christ uh, through our prison ministry. Amen. There at the prison, we celebrate that. And then uh, yesterday, the ladies got together for... uh, Brunch and Bibles, I think that's what it was called. I can't re- really remember. I wasn't here. But uh, but a woman gave her life to the Lord. Brunch and Bible. Amen. That's awesome what God is doing. And then we celebrate the fact a brother at 9 a.m. gave his life to the Lord. And so we celebrate spiritual decisions being made. And then we're going to celebrate Uh, In a few minutes after I preach, we're going to celebrate a baptism. So uh, we're excited. We're excited about what God is doing. We are in our prayer series. And so meet me in Luke chapter 18, the gospel of Luke chapter 18. And I was talking to a dear sister and she blessed my heart. She don't know how much she blessed my heart when we were when we were talking Uh, and and she said something to me that, that really stopped me in my tracks. You know, as a pastor uh, doing this, and I, I've been doing this for a little while now, um, there are things that I just naturally take for granted. Um, and and she, was, she wasn't getting after me, but she was encouraging me. But she was like, you know, pastor, uh, when you say turning your Bibles, you know, sometimes that can be intimidating for people because some people don't even know. You know, which way is up? Amen. And, and she, she started sharing her testimony about 
uh, how uncomfortable she was when, when she first came to church. And, and that, that, that moment of turning in your Bible to uh, a, a particular passage of Scripture, how, you know, that caused a level of anxiety in her. And I appreciated her for sharing that story with me. Uh, and here's what I want to encourage everybody under the sound of my voice. You can use the table of contents in Jesus' name. You can use it. You can use the table of contents in church. If you don't know, table of contents. And it's also on the screen. It's also on the screen. But that just blessed me so much. And I just want to say this. Listen. When you come to church, don't worry about what people are going to think of you if you take a little bit longer getting to a scripture. Amen. Amen. Just, just you in the house, you in the word, God's going to do a work in you. Okay? So keep coming. Keep coming. All right. That was for free. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, it reads like this. Now he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people yet because this widow keeps pestering me. I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will God not grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? This morning as we talk about prayer, uh, we want to preach from the subject, the pace of prayer, the pace of prayer. And uh, we're going we're gonna to look at Luke and, and talk about the pace of prayer. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to worship you through the hearing and preaching of your word. It's my prayer for the next few minutes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let your word be clearly communicated. Let Jesus Christ be highly exalted and let your people be beautifully blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Several hundred years uh, before the birth of Jesus Christ, there lived a man who was enslaved by the Greeks and he told stories and fables. We know, we know them as Aesop's fables. Y'all remember that? All right, some of y'all are like, I came to church, I didn't come to preschool. Well, well Aesop was, was, was a great storyteller, and a lot of his fables, we, we have them imprinted into our minds so much so now we, we don't even know uh, sometimes where quotes come from, but, but they quote that the quotes come from his fables. One of his more well-known fables is that of the hare and the tortoise, where the hare is harassing the tortoise one day about his slow speed, and so the tortoise then challenges the hare to a race, and the fox marks where 
the race is going to begin and end, and then the race begins, and the hare gets off to a commanding lead, so much so that the hare says to himself, I'm so far ahead, I can take a nap. Y'all remember this, right? And the hare sleeps a little too long, and, and while the hare is resting, the tortoise is slow and persistent, but he's moving, and he continues to move. He continues to persist. When the hare finally wakes up, he realizes that the tortoise is close to the finish line, and the hare runs with all of his might and all of his speed, but even though he is more talented physically than the tortoise, the hare could not overcome the tortoise's persistence. Y'all remember that? And, and we get that phrase, slow and steady, y'all know. Y'all know. Yeah. You know, that, that, that story... It is, it is very instructive for our time this morning as we talk about the pace of prayer. Because what is encouraging is, is not that the tortoise was slow and he still finished. What is encouraging is this, the tortoise never stopped until he finished. The tortoise had a pace that he could sustain. He had a he had a character that he clung to, and he continued until he reached his goal. Well, there's another famous storyteller who, who lived after Aesop. His name is Jesus, and Jesus tells another great parable about persistence, and more specifically, why we need to persist in prayer. And that brings us to our passage because one of the things that we've got to understand is this. The pace of prayer is persistence driven by passion. That the things we are passionate about drive us to continue to pray. And if we don't persist in prayer, can we really say that we care about the things that we claim we care about? I don't know. Y'all have heard me say this a little while, uh, many times before. If we talk to other people about things more than we talk to God about things, we don't care about things as much as we say we do. And so the pace of prayer is persistence. And to drive this point home, Jesus uses a story. He uses a parable. And I love how Jesus preached. I love that Jesus preached with stories because we can find ourselves in a lot of stories. Jesus preached this parable and he was using it to, to communicate something about his hearers. He was also using this story to communicate something about God. And Jesus said, here, here it is right here. The pace of prayer is persistent. So many times when we want to be better prayers, we are worried about how many times we need to pray, how long we need to pray, what do we need to say when we pray. And this sermon is not going to answer any of those questions. 
I am not up here this morning to tell you the many things that you must do when it comes to prayer. I am up here to tell you the one thing that you can't do when it comes to prayer. And the one thing you can't do when it comes to prayer is stop praying. You can't stop praying. Persist in prayer. Jesus He introduces us to two characters in his story. The first character that we are introduced to is an unjust judge, the scripture says, who does not fear God and he does not respect people. The judge does not care. The judge says the buck stops here. That's the first character that we are introduced to. The second character that we are introduced to is a widow woman, a woman who is well acquainted with life's pain. She is a person who is not looked at well in her culture. She's at a disadvantage culturally and relationally, and she has some pain in her life. She she has some pain in her life because she's a widow. She has some pain in her life because also she's experiencing some type of conflict with her adversary, which is the reason that drives her to the unjust judge in the first place. And this brings us to our First point, a persistent pace of prayer endures pain. A persistent pace of prayer endures pain. Yes. Yes, this woman, notice this. She takes her pain, and what does she do with it? She prays. She prays. And when we want to develop a healthy, a persistent pace of prayer, here's what we got to understand. We're going to have to endure some pain, and the church said, amen. If you are a runner establishing your pace in running, you got to endure some pain. And I'm not a member of the Saints Run Club. I don't know nothing about that. I don't run just tell you, I don't run. And the reason why I don't run, I'm going to tell you, is because I don't want to endure the pain. That's why I don't run. I mean, there's spaces in my knees and and places in my toes that after I run starts to ache. I didn't even know they existed in my body. But what What a well-versed runner will tell you, a disciplined runner will tell you is this, that when you run, you have to develop a pace that you can sustain so that you can finish your race. And in developing a pace that you can sustain, it does not mean that you're going to be pain-free. But it does mean that you won't let the pain stop you. Are you with me? And that is where we come to persist in prayer. Pain in life, it does not diminish our ability to persist in prayer. I would argue that the reason why we experience pain in life is a reason that should drive us to pray even more. Pastor Nick, I'm hurting. Pastor Nick, you don't know what I've been through, and I don't. But if you're hurting real bad, that means you need to pray real good. 
persist. Persist in prayer. This is, this is what Jesus is, is, is trying to teach his, his hearers. He's saying, listen, I know it's hurt. I know, I know it's bad. I know it's rough sometimes. But this widow woman persisted in prayer. Why? Because when we pray, God gives us the handle on life. Have you ever tried to carry a mug in your hands and you realized that it was hot? And then you said, oh, great, Einstein. That's why they put handles on the mugs. Right? You trying to, you picking up your mug, it's all hot, and then you got to sit it down, and then what do you do? You got to carry it by the handle. You want to know why? Because that's what it was designed for. Handles on mugs are designed to distribute the heat in a way to where it doesn't get to your hands, but you still get to carry it. Are you with me? And when we pray, God gives us the handle to handle the heat of life. Could it be that the reason why we are at our breaking point and we feel like we can't handle life because we don't submit and persist in prayer to give things to God and get it out of our hands so that God can give us the handle to handle life? Yeah, prayer. God gives us prayer so that we can endure pain and get the handle on life. Notice this, this, this widow woman, she persists in prayer. She endures the pain and she continues to go to the judge. This is what Jesus is trying to communicate. And everybody, when they get home, you're going to turn all your mugs in the cabinet to where the handle's sticking out. Amen. This woman. She endured pain. And this is what I love about this, this, this parable of Jesus because this woman endured pain so much so that she still was passionate about life. The pain she experienced didn't stop her from living. No. It didn't stop her from living. It it actually fueled her passion to continue to go to the judge. And this brings us to our second point because a persistent pace not only endures pain, but a persistent pace of prayer expects change. A persistent pace of prayer expects change. This widow woman took her pain and she kept going to the judge and the judge was unwilling for a little while. This judge told her no. Jesus does not tell us how many times she's told no, but she is told no enough times to where it paints the picture like this woman could be discouraged. But notice this. She is not worried about the character of the judge she is going to the judge because she believes that things can be different about her situation. She expects change. And could it be that we don't persist in prayer because the church is filled with unbelieving believers? We... we we believe in God. We just don't believe God. 
We believe in God. We just get so tired of seeing things how they are and how they're not that we stop praying before we even receive what God has for us. And, and I, I, I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm not trying to get in your business. But I do believe that we can find ourselves in this story because like the people who were listening to Jesus, we all can get tired of praying. Yes? Yes. We really can get tired of praying when we don't see the change that we expect exactly like we expect it. Yes. I, I, I do think that, that there is something as it relates to our modern technology, our advances in modern medicine. I do believe that, you know, we got little G in the sky and we can go to Google for everything. And, and I believe all of, all, of this, all of this instant access to relief and all of this instant access to information and all of this instant access to, to things, I, I do believe that it has decreased our stamina for spiritual things. I believe that. And what I want you to understand is this. That's why I love Jesus and his teachings. Because this parable has universal use for all time. The people back then got tired of praying, and we know the people now are tired of praying. But Jesus says, hey, guess what? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to know that you can't stop praying. Why? Because the persistent pace of prayer expects change. And when we stop expecting change, we need to just pack it up. If you think that the best that God has for you is behind you, just pack it up. Call the funeral home tomorrow. Make your arrangements. Set it up. If you think God has done his best work in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and we fail to realize that we are living epistles, that God is still doing a work in us and through us, if we think that God does not have better for us, then we just need to pack it up. We don't need to claim at the end of every service now to him who is able to do above and beyond all we can ask or think if we aren't even asking because we don't think he can do anything. And so the question I have is, do we have believing believers? Will BT Church be a church that prays because we have believing believers, not, not believers that just believe in God, but believers that actually believe God. And we believe God enough to keep praying, to keep asking, to keep knocking, to keep expecting. Because here's what I know. I know this, that the God of the Old and New Testament, he is the same God, we just sang that song, do it again. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe that I'll see you do it again. Yes. 
I love it because this, this woman right here, this woman, she was, she was approaching this judge and she was asking and persisting. And notice this. She was not asking and persisting based on her merits. No. Because she didn't say anything flowery or eloquent. She wasn't asking based on the judge's character because the judge already told us he don't fear God and he don't respect nobody. And I think the widow woman kind of got the hint that he don't care. <laughs> but what this woman was doing, she was expecting change, I believe, because she was, she, was, she was expecting change because she knew that justice is a divine characteristic. And that's what I want to talk about right now, that, that we expect change not because of our word, but we expect change because of God's word. I expect change not because of my character. I expect change because of God's character. Amen. Y'all know how it is to get the holy hookup. Come on, this is the valley. Everybody in this church done had a hookup before. <laughs> Y'all know what it's like. You call somebody, hey, man, I got to go down here. Don't your uncle work down there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell him I'm coming? I ain't got all day. I ain't trying to stand in no lines. No, I got you. I got you. I already called him. He know you coming. Amen. I remember in college when I would, when I would have to go to the financial aid office and, and uh, yeah, let's just say that. <laughs> For those of y'all that had to go to the financial aid office, I mean, it's like the zoo sometimes. People got an attitude. People ain't pleasant. People want their money. They want your money, you know, like all of that. You ain't getting, you ain't gonna graduate. You owe this. You and, and so it's just, you know, it can it can be financial aid offices can be rough. But what I remember, I remember in college, you know, uh, and and this shameless, you know, just just press pause on the sermon. Just this is why you gotta honor everybody, okay? Honor everybody. Be nice to everybody. Love everybody. You want to know why? Because you don't know who they know. I'm just, that's for free. I just, you can take that. You don't know who they know. Just honor everybody. And so I, I remember, you know, because sometimes people get an attitude with their advisor. You ain't tell me this. and nah, nah, nah. I didn't do that. I, I was nice to everybody in Jesus' name. And I remember my advisor telling me, man, yeah, Mr. Maddox, we, we can't get you in here because you got to go. You got to have a conversation with the financial aid office. And when I heard those words, I'm like, oh, man, you know, this is about to be all day. But my advisor said, Mr. Maddox, don't worry. I already called them to let you know, let them know you're coming. They're going to be expecting you. And I, I lit up because I knew that when I got to the financial aid office, I wasn't going to have to deal with no attitude. I wasn't going to have to deal with no line. They received me pleasant. I remember the lady. She was like, Mr. Maddox, your advisor told us you were coming. And this is the paperwork you need, baby. And I was like, thank you, ma'am. I, I will have this ready right now. But here's the thing. That lady didn't treat me with favor because of me. She knew my advisor. You hear me? 
And, and I was able to get the hookup, not because of my name, but because of his name. And this is why we must expect change when we pray, because when we pray, we are not praying in our name. We are praying in Jesus' name. Are y'all with me? We're praying according to his character, according to his word. Man. Y'all doing all right? I got one more point. Yeah. What time the game come on? Yeah. Because I'm sure we could preach for another two hours, but I know y'all got to fire up the grill. Amen. <laughs> let's, work, let's, work for, let's work for a few more minutes, okay? This woman expected change. She persisted and continued to go to this judge. And notice this judge. This judge now responds to this woman not out of compassion. This judge doesn't even respond to this woman out of duty. Not to execute justice. This, this judge responds to this woman purely because he does not want to be pestered. Look at it. I'm not making it up. Look at what the judge says. The judge, the judge says this. Even though I, I'm at verse 4, even though... I don't fear God or respect people. This judge said, I'm going to tell y'all how bad I am. And he started reminding himself how wicked he is. He said, I don't care about God. I don't care about people. But even though I'm like that, look at what he says. He says, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. This judge did not care about justice. He did not care about anybody. He only cared about himself. He only cared about his own comfort. He only cared about not being pestered. And, and Jesus says, here's what I want y'all to do. Here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to listen to this unjust judge, and then I want you to look at your heavenly father and if this woman prevailed over an unjust judge by persisting in prayer, how much more will we prevail with our heavenly father when we persist in prayer? Now, notice what Jesus is not saying. Jesus is not saying, Jesus is not saying that we twist God's arm until he answers. That's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is this. God is nothing like this unjust judge. What Jesus is saying is this, this unjust judge, he didn't respond out of duty. He didn't respond out of compassion. He only responded because he didn't want to be disturbed by this woman's persistence anymore. And what Jesus is saying is when you look at God, God is never disturbed by our prayers, but he delights in answering our prayers. That's good news. That's good news. And so this brings us to our, our last point, and then y'all can go home, fire up the fajita, and, and go watch them lose. Here we go. A persistent... Pray for me. Persistent prayer. That's where we are. Thank you. Let me get some water. Thank you. Persistent prayer. It exalts God. 
Persistent prayer exalts God. Now, I know some of y'all hear that and like, what does it mean to exalt God? Well, well here, 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 y'all ready for a 2023 simple version? This ain't the Webster. This is the Maddox inspirational definition. Here's what it means to exalt God. We treat God like he's God. We treat God like he's God. That's what it means to exalt God. We treat like God like he's God. That means we pray to him about everything. That means we praise him in everything. We thank him in everything. We treat God like he's God. And this is what Jesus says. He says, Listen to what the unjust judge says, but look at God. Will God not grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay helping them? See, what what we got to understand is this. The unjust judge, he did not care about justice, did not care about anybody. But we have a heavenly father who cares about you and I. The unjust judge didn't want to be disturbed. Our heavenly father, he delights in blessing and answering our prayers. Are you with me? And so what Jesus is saying is this. That is the precise reason that should motivate our prayers even more. If this woman persisted with an unjust judge who did not care, when you have a God who cares, you should take everything to him. Amen. And another reason why we don't persist in prayer is this, because we don't exalt God. We don't treat God like he's God. I said this at at the early service. I might as well say it to y'all. A lot of us, we don't pray about things because we feel like we'll have it handled by Friday payday. And so we don't take it to God. And whether we know it or not, what we're saying is this. You know what, God? I'm going to be God till payday. Now, if it don't work out, God, then I'll come to you so you can fix it. Some of us, we don't do this with our finances or bills. We do this with with our health. We'll say, you know what, I'm not going to pray about it or ask nobody to pray about, about it with me until I get a second opinion. So what it is, you're going to act like God and try to handle it till you get a second opinion. And then if you get news from the doctor that's, a little unfavorable, scary. Oh, now we're going to pray. But hear me, hear me. We're talking about persistence, right? We're talking about persistence. Persistence means that we don't stop praying, that, that there is nothing too small that we can't take to God. Are you with me? And so some of y'all are like, well, how, how much should I pray, Pastor Nick? When should I do it? I don't know. I'm not here to answer that. I'm just here to motivate you not to stop praying. Don't stop praying. When you are tired of praying, pray tired. Don't stop. Because persistent prayer exalts God. It treats God like he is God. It shows that not only we believe in God, but it shows that we believe God to where we take everything to him. This is where Jesus is going with this. And so, as I wrap up this thing, I want 
I want to ask you, do you trust God's character and his word enough to take everything to him? Maybe you've been praying for the same child for a long time and and you've kind of stopped praying for him. But just because you're tired and fed up and done with him, it doesn't mean that God is tired and fed up and done with him. Maybe you've been praying about that situation for a little while and, and, and it's painful because you continue to, to see no's and you continue to see doors closed. But, but, but here's what I want to encourage you. Continue to pray. Because if God doesn't change your situation, he is changing you. As we persist in prayer, we exalt God. It says to the world and to the enemy and to ourselves that pain won't stop me from connecting with God. And and a lack of what I want to have, that won't stop me from connecting with God. And, And God not doing everything I want him to do on my timing, that won't stop me from connecting with God because I will persist in prayer. The hymn said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I'm going to close my Bible so you know I'm telling the truth. I'm done. That's my Sunday school lesson. I'm done. I'm done. But you may be saying, Pastor Nick, you don't know what I've been through, and I don't, but keep praying. Some of you may be saying, Pastor Nick, you don't know what I've done. And I don't know what, you, what you've done, but keep praying. <laughs> Some of you may, may be saying, Pastor Nick, I don't think you understand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worthy enough to pray. That's why I need, I, need, I need another minister or somebody to pray with me. I'm not worthy enough to pray. And, and this is what I will say to you. Uh, you might not be, but keep praying. Some of you say, I don't know what words to say in prayer. And I will say, well, say that. Keep praying. Amen. That is a prayer. God, I'm coming to you today. I don't know what to say, but I'm here. In Jesus' name, amen. Guess what you just did? You pray. Keep praying. Some of you say, Pastor Nick, I don't think you know, but Saturday night, if you look at my snap, I was not... (laughs) Yeah, that was not communion I had in that cup, Pastor. And uh, I don't know if God will hear me, and and you know what I'm going to tell you? Keep praying. Persistent prayer. Some of you say, Pastor Nick, I'm not even sure I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't, like, I believe in God, but I haven't trusted Jesus Christ yet and and you know what I would tell you keep praying keep praying persist persist in prayer that is the pace of prayer remember that's that's the pace that's the pace don't worry about how long don't worry about how many times focus on the one thing you can't do when it comes to prayer and the one thing you can't do when it comes to prayer is to stop praying now God hears 
every prayer that is prayed. He hears you. But let me say this as I wrap up. He does not hear every prayer the same way. Let me tell you what I mean. Many, many years ago, I was a PE coach at my daughter's school. PE coach at my daughter's school. And, uh, you know, when we talk about PE, that's, that's beautiful. When we talk about PE, like, like nobody should get a C in PE. You know what I'm saying? Like all you got to do is dress up and be on time and run a little bit when they tell you. But shit, nobody never get a C in PE. Like that, everybody should get an A in PE. Yes? yes? Like you have everything you need. You know what I mean? You ain't got to study for PE. Or I, at least I never had to. We just had to dress out, be on time, run a little bit, play dodgeball. Amen. Praise God. But, but hear me. When, when we fail to persist in prayer to the God of the universe that loves us and cares for us and gave his only son for us, that, that actually cares. You know what that's like? Like, that's like getting a C in PE. Like, if you should get an A in any class, it should be PE. If you should pray to anybody all the time, it should be God. Right? That was for free. So I was a PE coach at my daughter's school. And I don't know if you know it or not, but a lot of kids are really loud. Like they loud for no reason. I mean, it is amazing how loud children can be. And I remember being a PE coach at my daughter's school and I heard all of the kids, but I didn't hear them the same way. I always heard my daughter differently than I heard the other kids. Because I only heard those other children with my ears, but with my daughter, I heard her with my heart. You know, a parent always knows how their children sound, not because of the ear, but because of the heart. Are y'all with me? And so God hears everybody's prayers, but he doesn't hear everybody's prayers the same way. Because while every prayer hits God's ears, not every prayer hits God's heart. But everybody that trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, guess what? Your prayer doesn't just hit God's ears, it touches his heart. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ today, guess what? Guess what we about to do? We about to pray. Because today that can change right now as you place your faith in Christ Jesus. What I love about Jesus is this. He didn't die on the cross until he uttered his last prayer. <laughs> Jesus couldn't stop until he shut up. As long as he was talking, he was still alive. And when Jesus uttered that last prayer on the cross into your hands, I commend my spirit, then the scripture says he gave up the ghost. And what I want you to understand is this. If you keep praying, if you keep praying, you won't quit. But if you stop praying, you won't keep going. 
So if you're here under the sound of my voice today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask everybody, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. We're going to pray this prayer. And the power is not in our words. The power is in the word of God that says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The power is in the character of God who is long-suffering, who is slow to anger, rich in mercy, ready to forgive, ready to set free. So if you're ready to pray to receive Jesus today, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today confessing that I need you. I'm lost. I need to be found. I'm in pain. I need your healing. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that, God, you raised him again on the third day. And today, by faith, I trust Jesus with my life. I declare him my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. My life is yours forever. Amen. Hey.